Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Sacred Cinema here on 2XX 98.3 People Powered Radio. Yes, this week we have some special guests, Australian filmmakers Stephanie Begg and Josh Moore. Yes, fans of the US uh, hit web series Same Same would be familiar with Stephanie and Josh's work. Uh, We thought it appropriate to get them in the studio this week, as it is currently where we're smack bang in the middle of Canberra's Short Film Festival, which started last night, or started on the 4th, uh, and goes all the way till the 20th of November. Lots of interesting themed evenings. Um, It's a a very long festival, so there's lots to check out, lots of films to go and see. Uh, Stephanie has actually three films in the festival. I managed to catch Hermit last night, but she's also got Echo Pines, which is produced by Josh, um, and then she's also got hit, Hitting Partners as well uh, later on in the festival. So be, be sure to check those out. Uh, and, and any other films that might be of interest to you, jump onto the Canberra Short Film Festival website for more details. But without any further delay, uh, here is our interview with Stephanie Begg and Josh Moore. It's an exciting time here in Canberra. We Thank have the... No, it's, it's, it's a pleasure to have you um, in town, at least, uh, while the festival's on. We've got the Canberra Short Film Festival. So are, are we enjoying it so far? Yeah. yeah. It was opening night. It was opening night last yeah. night. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we were all in attendance, obviously. Of yes. course, you're both in attendance because we've got some films on, we don't we? We have films on. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Um, but I think it'd be great to introduce you both to our listeners. Stephanie, we could start with you. So yes. what's your background in filmmaking? When did you first fall in love with the medium? Oh, gosh, what a question. Um, I have been doing this for like 20 years, actually. Um, I'm a local Canberra girl, born and bred, and I went to Darramalan <laughs> and uh, I did media at Darramalan and basically this is the 90s, like 90, uh, when I graduated 2001 there. And um, they just let us have free reign. Like you could go in and just take these. They were giant video cameras back then Mm. where you had to put a VHS tape in. Mm. And we just run around school and run around Canberra and we just like sort of take these cameras and just make weird little short films that made no sense. Yeah. Um, Mm. So that's sort of when I got into filmmaking. But I'm also an actress. So I've had a background um, as an actress and I guess been in Sydney since, gosh, since I left high school and... Yeah, working as an actress and working behind the scenes and um, I kind of didn't, I wasn't interested in directing until I I had a short film idea in 2008 that I wanted to make but no one wanted to direct it. So I directed it <laughs> and that's Perfect. sort of how I, I started doing that and I, I kind of found like, it was one of those things that was hard but I... Um, I found enjoyable enough, you know, yeah, yeah. And I was surprised because I thought I would hate directing actually. No. Everyone wants to be a director, um, but I, I didn't. Okay. And then I just, I did it because I had to. Yeah. Was this your film, The Shack? Yes, my film, The Shack. Who was the producer of that film, Josh? Oh, that was me, Josh Moore. Right. <laughs> so, so Josh, maybe you could tell the listeners about your background uh, in the film industry and, and that sort of thing. Oh, great. And then we can circle back to The Shack, Steph's first. <laughs> no, we don't want to talk about The Shack. <laughs> All right. All right. Hi, I'm Josh. Um, so I'm a director and editor. That's what I do day to day. Like Steph, I've been in the biz for about 20 years. Yeah. And I 
unlike a lot of people who grew up with a camera in their hand, yeah. you know those Steven Spielberg stories of yeah. I had a sixteen millimeter camera yeah. from my parents and I'd run like around the, the basement. Like the one that I just told, where I had the <laughs> well, you had a VHS cameras. in high school. I don't know. Yeah. I, for me, I didn't until um, I didn't know what a short film was. I just thought, why wouldn't you make a, a, a long film, a proper film? Yeah. Up until university, and then about halfway through my IT degree, which I have never worked in IT, I. Um, <laughs> Decided that I liked ma- making stuff, and it was such a, um, a wonderful combination of art and craft and technology mm-hmm. and emotion. Yeah, and so I, was, I took a year off in the middle of um, my IT degree and got involved in making films. Yeah, and then after I finished my uh, IT degree, I've said IT four times now. <laughs> Weird. Um, <laughs> no, then I decided said that to go. Word in twenty years. I haven't said that word in twenty years. <laughs> I wouldn't even know what an IT is now. Um, <laughs> I went and I started volunteering on film sets okay. around the film school in Sydney afters. Yeah. It's that yeah. uh, big one. Mm, and big so one. it was amazing to walk in and I remember my first time on a set. It was a Sunday and they were filming on a Sunday for some reason. This period piece, Australian like mythological fantasy yeah. drama. And they had 30 people in period costume. They had a crane up in the ceiling mm. with someone riding it. And they like were shooting on massive film. Massive budget type. Massive stuff. budget. It felt like it was just wonderful. Big blue screens behind it. Mm-hmm. And they had the monitors and it was enthralling. And you thought that what that's what every job was going to be like. Little oh, did you know. Oh, how I was wrong. <laughs> that was when you start at the top, there's only one way to go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so over the years, um, I met Steph pretty early on and we've been uh, collaborating a lot. Um, on each other's films, pretty yeah. much everything we've done, we've worked on we've each other's wor- films. Yeah, we kind of swap it up. Um, we we'll, we produce each other's films. So okay. um, I've produced about four of Josh's films, and he's produced about four of mine, probably. Let's make it even. Four, Let's four, make four. it easy. Yeah. So, so you've been in the game of short filmmaking for for quite a while. Then, yeah. can you talk a little bit about sort of what makes it unique, as opposed to say you said a second ago, Josh? Like, why would you make a feature film? Then you got into sort of in love with short films in a way. What's specific about that form in particular, that that medium, that maybe allows you to sort of express different ideas and that sort of thing? Yeah. Well, you know, usually you don't have like a studio <laughs> and yeah. funding bodies telling you what to do you used to you used to be able to get funding for short films but yep. it's almost impossible now yeah um which is a bit challenging um i think like creatively it's actually really challenging to make a short film because it's really hard to make a full structured film like yeah. a, a full three act um beginning middle and end you know like yes so within a short amount of time yeah because a lot of people you know you start overthinking things and you want to put in all this character backstory yeah. and you want to story world build and um do all of that so um you know so it is challenging but i think that's really important for filmmakers to do because mm-hmm. i think um if you can if you can get that if you can figure out how to make a complete story within a short amount of time yeah then once you move on to features, I think it'll be, um, yeah, you you hone that craft. But it's also honing. It's a I like something that Josh and I talk about is um, these people who I mean, kudos to them, but who just like make a feature straight off the bat. Okay. They've never made anything. First yeah. time filmmakers just making feature films, um, and uh, you sort of go. Oh, don't you need to practice? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. You've got to so, make some of those mistakes that yeah, end up being really like yeah, important growth opportunities. Exactly. And, you know, I, Lord knows I've made those mistakes mm. in my films. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and, and I think... Um, 
People work up to an Iron Man or a triathlon. Yeah, you, hopefully you you work up to making Sydney a Marvel film. Sydney Surf's coming up. I'm just going to go. I'm just yeah. going to wing it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But Australia makes a lot of short films. Like it yeah. is a it is like the country of short films. We have a lot of festivals, and in even yeah. in the respective festivals, like this one, yes. the Canberra Short Film Festival, is is pretty massive in terms of. It's just from the fourth till the twentieth. Yeah, it's over so two weeks long. And there's so it's many categories. Enormous. Mm. Um, I didn't know how long this festival ran for until I spoke to John and I was like, oh, because he was like, can you be here for the whole festival? And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, what is it, like a week? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, it's really, un- which is great, yeah. right? Um, There's definitely a local appetite for it as well, yeah. I will say. So, like, obviously it's a smaller population for a city, but, like, yeah. Canberrans love movies. Oh, Canberrans. We love art and culture and yeah, things. So. Yeah, Canberrans are fantastic. I mean, I'm biased. <laughs> I'm from here. <laughs> I think if you look at the demographics, but, you can see they punch well above their weight in a lot of areas and metrics. So it's yeah. not un, it's not unusual that they would be there creating more. There is a, mm. as you said, there's a huge uh, what intelligentsia kind of population that comes we through. D- we and did they would have top access. the Wordle rankings recently. <laughs> Seriously, you know Wordle, Canberra, Canberra, best city in the world. In the world, so object most wow. objective score, I think Wordle. Wow. Good way of knowing. We're very intelligent. I think the OECD here. should take note of that. They, yeah, I've that emailed them. <laughs> Inquiries at OECD.org. Yeah. Yet to get a reply. Oh, unfortunately. Because I think, yeah, that goes up. Because it was, I don't know if it still is, but it was ranked most livable city in the world. I think many Mel- years Melbourne have us pipped this year. Really? I, I watch those rankings yeah. with a close eye. That and Wordle. <laughs> yeah, Wordle should take us over the edge, right? But, there, but we do love... Arts and culture. Yes. We've got so many museums yes. here. We've got the National Film and Sound Archives. Exactly. There's like so much here that people... Canberra's get, Canberrans get out and mm. do stuff. Mm. And I think that's know? one of the things I noticed even in the opening selection of films last night. There was a lot of films from Canberra, but it was... You mentioned that art galleries. It was a bit like going to an art exhibition. There are a lot of different artworks in display and they're not all the same kind of thing. It's not always a... Um, two young people in a cafe having an argument kind of film, they were very different. Some were driven by monologues, some were more tone poems, and they were all um, had a sense of their own little sense of self and purpose. Yeah. And that's, yeah. I think, a different perhaps flavour than you might get from other you know, cities' identities yeah. if that ephemeral thing exists. Actually, mm. I think you've hit on the thing there, I've hit it. I've Josh, hit it. that I think going back to your earlier question about what is it about short films is that you can it, it, it short films to me feel more like their artwork yeah you know like um you know feature films there's there's a lot of money behind it it's a bit more business focused it can be a bit more business focused in in sense of like bringing in the box office dollars um but short films really allows people to explore and and be creative yeah. and it is like an artwork like josh said it's yeah. like you know you i, I think i said this to you guys yeah, last we're night. saying this last time after the, the yeah showing. yeah that you walk into an art gallery and you you'll see such a range of works and that's what going to a short film festival is like it's like mm-hmm. walking into a gallery and you see all these different works and they're all completely different and some of them hit the mark for you and some of them don't but you know, that one that doesn't hit the mark for you hits the mark for someone else. Absolutely. You know, and also you can see the the brushstrokes of the filmmaker. Like you can see sort of their level of where they're at in their craft mm-hmm. of of um, technical or, or directing actors yeah. or... Um, yeah. And But I think the beauty of film in that art form mm-hmm. 
um, is that it's not just like one person making this artwork. It's yeah. actually an entire team. Mm-hmm. So every element has to work together often. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a couple of things you've just said that I'd love to touch on a bit more. The, I mean, the, 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 I think you're absolutely right that if you go to sort of like an art gallery and you see like a, like a moving picture, like some kind of installation, yeah. I mean, that's so um, adjacent to a lot of what sh- a lot of short films, like they, yeah. they are testing, you know, uh, questions around form and does things need to have three acts and mm. can you just put sort of like a collage of moving images with yeah. a voice? And we saw some of those films last night where literally just one shot, like one take, a person talking. You could see that at a museum yeah. and just call it an installation rather exactly. than a short film. Yeah. Um, but that, the point you just made as well about the brush strokes, yeah. that's something that I think is really interesting about short films. I mean, on this show, we we're, we take a pretty non-judgmental approach towards the quality of an artwork. I yeah. like to see honesty yes. in something, even yeah. if it's made by someone who has no experience something yeah. that shows you know who they are and kind of turns into the limitations yeah. you have that when you make a short film don't because yeah. you? you don't have that studio involvement exactly yeah can you, can you talk about that a little bit sort of how do you somehow integrate um the, the, you know the lack of resources you might have sort of into the filmmaking oh, process so it's yeah. it actually enhances it well that's i mean that's the ultimate question isn't it? <laughs> like that's what we all want to do is well, like we, how I think can we, you make something amazing on no money <laughs> well i think we do have a lot of listeners who are sort of aspiring filmmakers yeah. and short filmmakers so i'm sure they'd be really interested to know yeah i mean it it comes down to your network of okay. people yeah i know that's um so you like get a good supportive group of people who are uh-huh. willing to come and work with you for yeah. free. Yeah. Um, which doesn't sound very creative, does mm-hmm. it? It's like, you know, like call your best friend from high school and be like, hey, can well, we you, can can you come this, cook some food? We can put this in a, <laughs> a fancy context and know that you're, if you do do this, you're in good company with, you know, yeah. French New Wave, with Goddard, with the 60s. Oh, my they, goodness, good work. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> but they did. Like, they had their style of filmmaking that they developed. So they had some new technology at time to do things quicker and cheaper. But they yeah. were like, what have you got? You've got a friend with an auntie with a cafe. Yeah. We're going to go there tomorrow. Absolutely. What have you got? We're going to use whatever resources we have on hand. Yeah and roll with it they had exactly you know the the jump cut that we all know that style that technique goddard kind of pioneered it simply because he wanted to edit in camera he just stopped the camera moved on a bit kept going and he had some even errors malfunction in his camera the way it would roll the film through and so he rolled with it and just moved with it and they would jump cut through scenes Mm. and what we now like hail as such a avant-garde filmmaker he just rolled with the limitations yeah. he had so you're in great company with when you yeah exactly find your friends yeah find your friends find the people who can you know so like yeah like i mean i got so far as can you cook food but it is like yes can do you have a location we can use can you act in it yeah can you you know like um like for echo pines we uh we shot most of that in canberra and um our cinematographer was canberra guy mm-hmm. and he, I mean, he was amazing, but he, he hooked us up with so many things. And, you know, being local Canberra, like um, my dad's here. My dad came out and cooked. My friend Amy came out and cooked food for us. Yeah. But um, we needed a, a – was it a Commodore car? Yeah, to be um, a detective. To be a, a detective's car, yeah. un- undercover sort of cop car. Um, Just to interrupt, this is Echo Pines, one of Steph's three films in at the festival. <laughs> this is a mystery crime drama called Echo Pines. Echo We're Pines. talking about it now. Um <laughs> And uh, anyway, yeah, so we needed this Commodore car and like 
basically just put a call out to our Canberra friends. Mm. And like we had like two people be like, oh, yeah, I got a Commodore. I'll come. Mm. Yeah, when you're shooting, I'll come drop it off. You can use it. Yeah. And, and you know, they're the sort of things that you just you need to use your resources. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think your example of a French French it new wave cinema. Fancy. It does sound very, very fancy. Um, yeah, like often the things that you think are going to be mistakes can actually really tonally impact your film for the better. If you roll with them yeah. and you see how they... Yeah, you embrace them. You embrace them. And yeah, because, and yeah, I mean, we had that with... Hermit was just like... <laughs> Hermit was like uh, basically just... We had roadblock after roadblock after roadblock with with that in a way. Like it, um, it was a very challenging film to make. Okay. Because we had... Um, it was one of those situations where, like, if you could think of everything that mm. could go wrong, mm. it kind of did, yeah. you know. And so you sort of um, – but, you know, we still ended up with the, a film at the well, end. Well, I, I loved the movie. This was the one that I've been able to see of the three that are at yeah, the festival. We got to see this night. last night, the opening night. Yeah. Um, of those sort of roadblocks that got in the way, was COVID a problem in this one? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. We actually had sort of roadblocks yeah. from, you know, from pre-production right through. But yeah, COVID was a roadblock in post-production. So oh, okay. we, we got it all filmed before COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we couldn't get it completed um, mm-hmm. because, yeah, we had lockdown yeah. and the, the all the facilities were shut. Uh, we couldn't literally access our footage. Okay. It was locked up in the oh, building. Goodness. That's not what you want. No. <laughs> um, and Quick update was... for the listeners. This is number two film of Stephanie's in the festival. <laughs> it's called Hermit. It's a quirky rom-com in which an agrophobic composer who writes custom music for funerals has her world overturned when a new guy who comes to collect the CDs of each music and he, uh, he throws her world into a little bit of a spin. Yeah, I should get you to just follow me around. And, and just give you... <laughs> and just... Pi- and just <laughs> pitch your films. That, that yeah. is just, the film. Just you, the listeners out there. In the, sentence. <laughs> uh, the reason I asked specifically about COVID, though, is I find that amazing that you you developed the story before the pandemic. Is that right? Yeah, well, we shot it before the pandemic. That's amazing because it is the perfect COVID pandemic film. film. <gasps> like, it's literally oh, separated by a door. I thought you that was... Blown Steph's mind. I thought that was... was when I was watching it, I was like, oh, it's here we've got, we've got a COVID... Because every time you watch a film, oh, you're like, a, I know it was made during COVID. Yeah. And what are the COVID precautions? Are they wearing a mask yeah. in any no, scene? Yeah, is this just two characters yeah. in one room? No, or is, that, yeah. you, no that's this, crazy. this was just a big premonition. Are they no. social distancing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. But the, the whole point is that she's... Yeah. Disconnected by a single door, and there's a little yeah. slot, which is obviously like COVID friendly. Yeah. You've tapped into some because it's a story zeitgeist. about grief. It's yeah, a, it's a story about grief and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, it was written by a wonderful writer called Samantha Cable, okay. um, who I went to film school with. So this was made because I did the masters in directing at the Australian Film, Television, and Radio School mm-hmm. yeah, afters in Sydney. Um, so this was one of what. So Sam was also. Uh, she was one of the writing students there at the yeah. time, and the whole this whole film was made by students. Okay. Basically, every okay. at the film school, okay. but you know we were all masters students and just sort of yeah. I, it was funny that that you it feels that it was intentionally a COVID film because we all feel that now, right? Like yeah. seeing her come out of the the door and look outside and be like, I'm not going out there. Yeah. Um, you know, you do. I I, know, I still feel that way a bit. Like I get quite anxious about crowds and stuff now, which yeah. I never felt before the pandemic. Yeah. You know, it's a really interesting 
It's a really mm. interesting time. Oh, wow. There's a chicken and egg thing going on there, I think. There I is. almost think you talking about that, as you said that, I'm thinking, was part of the COVID lockdown thing that we actually do have something dormant in us where we do have all of the little bit of agoraphobia yeah. in us. And that's why we may be a little bit okay with the lockdown, yeah. some of us. I mean, some of it, it was, a lot of people talked about the relief of a lockdown and that, you know, they they finally got to stay home and just I binge felt Netflix. That. You I know? felt that massively. <laughs> Because oh, the, the film definitely spoke to me on that level, yeah, definitely. Right. Um, and uh, it, agoraphobia is like a very niche and interesting thing to make a yeah. film about. But it is something that people deal with. Yeah. A lot. I mean, I have, a, I have a professional background with like mental health and I've definitely yeah, dealt right. with a lot of people that yeah. live with it. Um, and I, when I saw that that was what the film was about, I was like very interested to see what you know what the approach would yeah. be and the, the, the heart in the film as well. What, what did you, how, did, how did you feel about it? Um, I, I really like that she's a passionate person mm. in this world, that she's, she actually does something. So, yeah. like, I think a lot of people put those two ideas against each other and they kind of think, you know, a hermit is someone who is lazy and lives at home and does nothing. It's yeah. not that at all. She's yeah. actually a very ambitious person. Yes. And, and ambition alone can't be the only thing that gets him out the door. Yeah. There can be, you know, obviously family trauma and things exactly. like that. So I thought yeah. it was a very nuanced view. And it was extremely touching. Um, and I, I mean, I was actually quite amazed how you were able to pack so much thematic content into so few. Because yeah. uh, you are going through grief and, yeah. and, and the agoraphobia element of this. And, is the, and the connection. And and even um, the um, Bobby's character, um, Oliver, um, has a, a hint of, like, he's determined to get, but he also has a hint of... Um, you know, dealing with sort of a depression, trying to come yeah. out of that as there's well. There's a sort of hopelessness in him or like, yeah. a, like a, there's a fear that he won't get out into the exactly, world. He's got a sort he's of not a, doing enough, right? Yeah. Which is a huge pressure we all have, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's like concentric you, circles yeah. of agoraphobia. Like which, he's also in his yeah. own one. Which is probably why the lockdown was such a relief to so many people because it is like this pressure to get out, do something, be something, be be doing, always achieving, this achievement culture. Yes. You know, where – and it's kind of to have an enforced you can't do anything is sort of like, oh, finally, mm. I can – I have a reason, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think I, th- I think that it did – it does hit on a lot of those themes. Um, not intentionally for the – for. COVID at but, all. I mean, good art does that. It'll uh, communicate yeah. things without someone being able to necessarily articulate yeah. in the moment. Universally yeah. specific, sp- specifically universal. Yeah. And I think this also then speaks back to the writer, Sam Cable, yes. and everything that she crafted into it. Yeah. Like there's, you, you have this wonderful phrase, concentric circles of... Agoraphobia. Agoraphobia. Yeah. I, that's the title With, of our next Whether you're film. locked into your house, locked into your country. Yeah. yeah. And she's yeah. managed to pack all this into a poignant, mm. bittersweet... Um, script that does touch on all these. I think that's we talk about filmmaking, and the start is what are you going to say and it, how are you going to say it? Yeah, and the writing actually, process. that's a really great point, Josh, because the really it comes down to the script. The script you want a good script, you need a yeah. good starting place, yeah. right? The script tells you everything. Um, and yeah, Sam and I worked on the script together for a really long time. She wrote it, um, and then would bring me drafts, and we would sit in in our apartment in in the um just in the lounge room drinking just massive amounts of tea mm-hmm. and and just coming up with ideas and being like oh and you could do this and what about that and you, you know and then she'd take it off and write something and come back and she's very influenced by sort of pixar and yeah. um yeah pixar films really yeah. hit home for her like she just she's got that energy um 
So it was a delight, like working with her on figuring out these themes and this story, but also, you know, having these themes, but also not making it a heavy film, not making it a, because, you know, that is a a trend for short films to just be like really, oh, like they, you, you sometimes watch a short film and they're brilliant, but you sort of leave going, okay, I feel really, um, heavy now (laughs) i think that's a great point to make for anyone that's thinking about you know making a film as well as like you've got to remember that your film is sitting in a group of films and i felt a sense of relief last night knowing because there had been some pretty heavy ones beforehand it was like are we getting a comedy are we getting something a bit lighter and it just it just cuts even better better than if it was on its own in a way because it's cutting against sort of that that grain we've had already. and that's what we give kudos to festival programmers for uh, getting a selection of films putting them all together like an art gallery curator and thinking what's the audience experience going to be next and how are we going to take them they've got their own um, rhythm and flow over the course of a block of films that they're planning and imagining so I love that all the way through the process from the writing when you're collaborating through the shooting where you're collaborating in the way to what I've never done the festival organizers and the way that they are applying their craft and creativity and imagining how it would be and then bringing that into being for an audience so that's uh that's hermit we've got two other films on at the festival this year Mm -hmm. do you want to go into some detail about what they're about um so we've got steph has three films at the festival the first is hitting partner it's a really fun touching quirky short film about an overbearing tennis mother and the young girl that has a uh, what would you call it? A hallucination, a surrealist experience where she oh, plays tennis against are we herself. Away... Is that a spoiler? Spoiler. I don't know. Oh, it's five minutes. Um, yeah, it's a it's a sort of abstract. I don't know how to describe it. You have to see it. Yeah, we have to come see it. You everyone. have to come see it yeah. because it's um get along by tickets. Yeah. yeah. So what, what days are these these two on? These are on the um... uh, well, Echo Pines is on the um, Saturday night. Yes. The awards night, the, the 19th awards night. of November. And then um, Hitting Partners on the, the, the uh, Sunday. The Sunday at, at Smith's Alternative. Yep. Yeah. Wonderful. And so that'll be a nice vibe. That place has such a great vibe. Mm. So um, it'll be really fun to lounge around and watch some films there. Yeah, we're looking forward to them. I'm yeah. really keen to see both of them. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed your film last night, obviously, uh, and, and um, it'll be great to yeah. catch those ones as and well. And I'm also on the panel. Oh. I'm talking on the, the Canberra panel. Oh, is there a Q&A on that night as well? On the Sunday. On the Sunday. In the Sunday afternoon. Oh, I don't perfect. know if it's in the program. B- before, before the... Before Smith's Alternative. Okay, so... I don't know where it is, though. I have to go there. So it's not where. necessarily actually at Smith's. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's at Smith's or if it's at Dendi or Okay, so, well, for the listeners who are going to go on the 20th, be sure to... Yeah. Go a little bit earlier and hopefully in the right place. Well, check the website. The yeah, right check the website. Yeah. Obviously, go on to check Facebook. Yeah. Actually, that'll be check really interesting one for Canberra, Canberra listeners because it is a panel of Canberra filmmakers. Oh, wonderful. Talking about the industry here and how we can make it more happening. Yeah. You know, get more stuff going around yeah. the place because Canberra is such an amazing place to shoot. It's so versatile. On a broader topic, one of the things that really excites me um, – about the, the the whole process of filmmaking is the collaboration and all the way through you get to write a story three times once when you're writing it once when you're shooting it and then again when you're editing it and one of the things that I love about Steph is she's got this amazing intuitive grasp of story and filmmaking and character mm-hmm. and she brings that through and it's maybe not something that she ever is completely aware of on a codified level but she can just talk with people talk with crew and it's amazing to watch her work on set the way she 
works with her cast to get the best out of them. Yeah. And then the way she works with the crew um, and local Canberra DP, Adam Lynch, who shot Echo Pines, we were talking about, to seeing them work together and have fun on set. Oh, and he's also, so much fun to work sure, with. Sure, and finding your crew don't like that. Don't tell him, though. No, don't tell him. <laughs> Well, that's all we've got time for this week on Sacred Cinema here on 2XX98.3. Just want to say another big thank you to Stephanie and Josh for coming on the, on the show. Uh, it was lovely to have a chat with both of them. Uh, to the listeners now, though, we'd really appreciate it, as always, if you could jump onto the 2XXFM website. Consider subscribing to the station or sponsoring our program or any of 2XX's programs. Um, but until next time, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you again next week. Music